So folks, great big good morning. morning. Wonderful to have you folks here. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. Welcome to New Church and welcome to what we're going to be doing today, which is talking about what is this whole concept of newness? Now, a couple of things we have going on today first that I want to announce that you're more than welcome to be invited to and to come over to. One is right after this, we have a lunch right after church. It's across the way at the office. It's across Huntington Pike. If you're not sure where that is, just ask out there at the desk and they'll point you the right direction. We're just going to have hoagies, a chance to hang out, a chance to just get a chance to have a conversation. And and because at New Church Live, we're always balancing these two things. We're always balancing the in-person audience and the online audience. Most of our audience is online. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're taking care of both. And that's what today's lunch is about, as well as having good hoagies. (laughs) So, So great to have you here for that. And the second part, folks, and this is, this is something near and dear to my heart, is every year we do small groups. And, and small groups are about these small little collections of people from all over the country where we get together and we talk about life, have very rich, deep, meaningful conversations. And they're a wonderful way to get to know some other people who call New Church Live home, and many of them, again, from, are from all over the country. We have sign-up sheets right out there in the lobby, if that were to interest you. We have a couple of small groups that are meeting in person. Some people prefer that. And I'll be leading an online small group that actually is just going to be purely online. And those small groups last three weeks. It's just an hour, a total of three hours. And and I can guarantee you this, folks. People don't come out of those things like, oh, that was silly. They come out of those inspired. They come out of those feeling connected. They come out of those feeling like they have this this bigger picture of life and this connection with other people. So I want to warmly invite you to that as well. So let's go ahead and get started. And and, and because today, again, we've sort of pumped up a bit of our in-person audience today, and I know we still have a lot of people out there still drinking coffee, so as they come on in, I'd ask us all to just stand up for a second. So here's, here's today's service in a nutshell, right? This is a fancy word which, if you can spell it, you get five extra credit points. The word is peripheral. So what I want you to do is I want you to hold your fingers out here like this, right? And there's our vision. And most of our vision is about three degrees. That's about what most of us see. And then peripheral vision is when you start, and please do not make facial contact with the person beside you. (laughs) When these start to go out, and eventually these disappear, right? Well, this is so much about what newness is. Newness isn't necessarily this little three degrees we know. It's oftentimes out here at these degrees that we don't necessarily know, that are just outside of our immediate vision. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So welcome to New Church Live as we have that conversation. You may be seated. So it starts, folks, with this this basic idea that, that God talks a lot. He talks a whole lot about newness. Newness is something that's consistent in the Bible. Behold, I'm doing something new, a new heaven and a new earth. Behold, I make all things new. And here's just a few quotes on that. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That goes back, that's thousands of years old. This next quote, this is one of my favorites. This is from Isaiah 43. Isaiah, by the way, is called the poet laureate of hope. See, I am doing a new thing. And here I think, Again, we want to see God is saying this with a smile. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. 
goes on to say, and this is again talking about after Jesus has been on earth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That idea, folks, that, that life is this, is this constant process. You know, I know we got a lot of young adults here today and who are watching online. And, and if you think of it like grade school, right? I, I love the idea that God loves us just the way we are and loves us so much he doesn't want us to stay that way. And, and, and the idea is if, if you have like a younger sibling for the kids out there or a younger cousin or whatever, if they're like in kindergarten, do you want them to always be in kindergarten? No. Is kindergarten super cute? Yes or no? Is kindergarten super cute? Yes, it's, it's overwhelmingly cute. It's like puppies and kittens, overwhelmingly cute. But we don't want to stay there. I mean, I'm actually glad I'm not in kindergarten <laughs> anymore. You know, Elmer's glue doesn't taste as good when you're 57. So, so folks, like that's real important about that we understand this newness that can move and understand that's the way God looks at all of us. And he looks at us and he allows us again and again. And we get to do this. Listen to this. From a new church perspective, we get to do this to eternity. It's never the bottom of the ninth. Never the bottom of the ninth. We can always choose new chapters in our lives. Now, for those of you who are joining us the first time here at New Church Live, we do a lot of texting and chatting here in church. Because what we want to do is we want to have a conversation going back and forth. Content is important. And yet none of it's going to stick if we don't have community and communication as well. And part of that is I put out questions and you get a chance to either text back an answer or if you're on our Facebook chat room or any of our other chat rooms, you're welcome to put an answer in there. And we have some, some people who are monitoring that, some volunteers, wonderful volunteers who are hosting that out in Michigan and they'll be responding as well. You're welcome to just have this little chat. And, and the chat is this question. If you were starting a new chapter in your life, what would you title it? What would you title it? What would it be? And it was, it was interesting. We had a couple of small group dinners this week, different small groups that, I, that we host, and, and just working at this question with people. It was really fun to hear what people were talking about. There was talk about bucket lists. There was talks about travels with Darlene. <laughs> there was all kinds of these beautiful little things where people were saying, yeah, this, this, this could be the next chapter. See, folks, next chapter is when we move from this to this. We start to see it a little wider. So what I would love for you to do is, you're welcome to text that into me or put it in the chat. You can text me at 215-740-3662. And today what we're doing is we're doing music a little differently. So today, the live part of today's service is going to be hoagies from Wawa over at the office. So we'll have, we'll have music by video today. And then next week we'll have a live band if you'd like to join us to hear some live music. So please feel free as you listen to this next song to text in. Yeah, if you were coming up with the next chapter and you were titling it, what would it be? And welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Can't you hear that rooster crowing? 
Rabbit running down across the road Underneath the bridge where the water flows through So happy just to see you smile Underneath the sky of blue On this new morning On this new morning On this new Automobile coming into style Coming down the road for a country mile or two So happy just to see you smile Underneath the sky in blue On this new morning On this new This new morning with you. The night passed away so quickly. country street This must be the day when all of my dreams come true So happy just to see you smile underneath the sky of blue on this new morning on this new morning on this new song and, and and folks this idea of new chapters is is fun and the idea you know from a from a christian new church perspective we believe every day in heaven the peace of heaven is waking up to a new morning like, like think of that peace not as an inactive life but peace is a beautiful morning we've got all kinds of wonderful things ahead of you a day you're excited to be part of and, and so much of life is understanding the, the reality of it. And uh, I just, I'm going to share a number of these throughout the service. This one I thought was really good. Somebody said this is what they would, they would uh, call their new chapter. I thought I had mastered this, apparently not. 
<laughs> all in agreement, <laughs> you know, right? Right, we think we've mastered it, and then all of a sudden, like, there's a curveball, there's something happens that we couldn't have imagined. And that's, that's life, and, and how do we find this sense of newness that's underneath that all? It actually gives us a sense of peace with the fact that life is constantly changing. That's, that's something where I think the spiritual life really can answer that for us. And the spiritual life really can give us a sense of how that works. So as a, as a pastor, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful job being able to, to work with people at different ages and stages of life and, and different chapters and, and work with, as a, I don't want that to sound grandiose at all. It's just, you get to hang out with really cool people. That's what it comes down to, like yourselves. And, and you know, a couple of new chapters that I thought were fun. One, that the couple on the left, Lori and Brian. Well, Lori and Brian, I did their wedding, I believe 12 years ago. It was the Martini Collini wedding which is every bit as fun as it sounds. The only wedding I've ever done that had an accordion in it. And uh, it was so much fun. And Lori and Brian are watching this right now. And it was, it was such a great time. Went down, visited them down in, in Ocean City, New Jersey, when we did a sweep to visit parishioners in New Jersey. And uh, Brian and Lori said they both lost their rings and would I bless their new rings. So we ate breakfast and then we busted out a little ring blessing right there on the sidewalk of the main drag in Ocean City, New Jersey. And it was, it's just this beautiful part, right? Because it's just, they're just in a new chapter. And I remember doing their wedding really well. And, and here's, this, here's this new chapter. And it's just, it's, it's saying like, yeah, we're just going to bless this new place we're in. There was something very poetic about it. Very sweet, as well as a few angels showing up with that sunbeam on Brian there. And I love this next one too. Best first day of school photo ever. Is that good or what? You know, that idea of a new chapter, uh, you know, of course, some new chapters, you know, your Buzz Lightyear's may be a little disappointed seeing you leave home, but the idea that there's, there's beauty in all these different chapters is so true. And with each one of these different chapters, folks, it's important to remember, we never do a new chapter perfectly. I like this cartoon from the New Yorker. It says, a guy painting the name, and it says, my first boat. I think that's, that's the way it goes too, right? It's, it's like we go into this new stuff, and, and it's always a little anxiety-producing, you know, for the kids out there today, for the teenagers, I, I'm just going to speak for the adults here. Hopefully I'm not putting words in everybody's mouth. But I, anytime I go someplace new, I am back to being 12 in about three seconds. Right? Back to that really young age. And, and we always come back to that, I, I think, a lot of the time in our lives. So newness is how life actually really works. It's this idea... And this is such a powerful concept of new church theology. It's one I talk about a lot. Super important. It's the idea of maintenance as perpetual creation. In other words, for anything to sort of hold together, it needs to consistently be recreating itself. Now, it doesn't mean that we throw everything out every time we create something new. No, we preserve the core and then we look to progress. There's maintaining the most significant, incredibly important things in our lives. Like, those things have to always remain central. And then there's, as well, outside of that, and this is, this is a little challenging, right? It's not only outside of that that things will change. Just allow this to kind of resonate in. It's not that things outside that core 
just will change. They must change. They must change. That's, that's where we get to do it. So, so we get to go through life. It's why we talk a lot in here about compasses versus maps. It's why a compass is much better than a map in the spiritual life because the map is constantly changing. The map that was my chapter when I was in seventh grade is very different than the map I use today as, as age 57. Same for all of you folks here today. And hopefully for all of us, we get a little bit more clear about what those compass points are, you know, how, how they can work. To understand this, you know, in its biggest, in its biggest picture, folks, I want to talk about this basic spiritual concept of the old will and the new will. The old will and the new will. Now, the old, the old will is, is it's part of all of us. All of us have that part of us that just is, it just is stuck. It just is mired. It's angry. I, I know for me, it's, it's uh, you know, it's frustrating because I, I think and imagine for a lot of us, right, it's this, this whole pattern of thinking. And, and for, for most of us, that pattern of thinking, we know like it's just not passing a smell test. We know it's not helping us out. And it's really hard to, to actually envision something new, a new will. So that old will is part of it. And a big part of the old will is just this part of us that, that it's going to die with us. I mean, that's one of God's greatest promises, is you're not always going to be shackled with that. I know, I, I just, I cannot wait. And I imagine many of you join me in this. You know, imagine if we could all enter something just with a sense of being. Not worried, do I fit in? Not worried about how can I have this conversation? Not worried about how awkward we look or how this we are or how that we are where we can just simply be. And that part that is just like, yeah, just wants to simply be, that is the new will. Now, why don't we give in to the old will, which I think we frequently do? Well, this is what the old will does. Two parents. This tantrum has been powerful, honest, and riveting, and I think we should give him what he wants. <laughs> I think that's the old will, right? That's the old will. It just, it just wants what it wants. And even when it gets what it wants, it's never enough. The old will is insatiable. The old will is that part of us that literally can, it can feel like hell living in that place. And God says, behold, I make all things new. Behold, I make all things new. So there's this, this beautiful new will, what, what the original Christians called this new creation that we get to be. What helps to shift it is conscience. You know, our conscience becomes a big part of this new will, that idea of like, and conscience, conscience, folks, is not, you know, like this list of do's and don'ts per se, though that could be part of it. Conscience is much more along the lines of a smell testing. We just know, like, I, I just, I cannot, <laughs> I just don't want to live in this place anymore. This, this just isn't working. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these voices. I mean, that's going to be part, by the way, of this small group that we have going that we're launching this week in the three-week one. It's just giving a place for people to talk about that. You know, to talk about questions like this, what patterns are robbing you of joy? 
In other words, how's the old will robbing you of the joy that you know God wants for you? How do we look at that? How do we pull it apart? How do we find a way to actually roll up our sleeves and maybe do something there? Well, so much of this, this new will is, is deals with what God is seeking to implant on our hearts. We read this as well from Isaiah 43. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That idea of the unity of God, the unity of life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Because we have a fair number of people here today, let's say those three words together, heart, soul, and strength. Ready? Heart, soul, strength. That, that's, that's the love that God is seeking for us to have in our life. And it's, it's, not, it's not sort of like, here's God, and we're going through the toll booth on the turnpike, and he's saying, all right, turn over your heart, turn over your soul, turn over your strength. It's not that. No, it's not this transactional stuff. It's God going like, give that to me so I can give it right back to you. So that my love, God's overwhelming, overwhelming love, God is love. Real simple equation from the New Testament. God is love. So that, that love can come in and be part of this and become our heart, our soul, and our strength. And that's why it's so important, that simple prayer, God, not my will, but yours. Because God's will is that love with heart, soul, and strength. And that's a beautiful place to think about it. And that's, that's actually how we're designed, folks. This is goofy, but I thought it was funny, so humor me for a second. You know, I think what we're trying to do is I think we're trying to have the brain on the right, not the brain on the left. The brain on the right is the brain of a dolphin. The brain on the left is the brain of a shark. <laughs> I think that's part of it, right? Like... I mean, when, when I'm coming from that old will part, when I'm coming from that, that part that isn't so good, that isn't so terrific, you know, I'm dealing with a really small brain. I'm dealing with a really small brain. You know, I, yesterday, is down in, down in Philly, I, we had a wedding with some parishioners down there. And... And you know, this, this guy takes a turn a little, a little close to me and, he's, and he's, he's angry at somebody on the phone. And, and again, shark brain sees three degrees. And, and I'm just thinking like, he actually did that to me, right? I mean, it's a little crazy. That's shark brain. Gets me angry, he's angry. That's shark brain. That's where the world is like this crazy, I don't know, competition or or where we're taking everything so personally. And that's, that's not going to serve us. That shark brain is great for sharks. <laughs> it's not great for human beings. But when we can get into it, folks, we can start to understand this idea of, of three degrees versus 360. Now, a little aside of that. It's a beautiful concept. I was, I was listening on to a podcast, wonderful podcast. The guy was a, uh, was a professor at Oxford University, which means he's a lot smarter than most of us are in this room. Not everybody, but let me tell you, Oxford, you're, that's a sharp guy. And he was talking about the human brain, and that's where, again, he talked. He said, yeah, human brain, we really see about three degrees. Think about that. We really see about three degrees. Now, our ego tells us, yes, but just so you know, I know it all. 
understand it all. Now, you get your three degrees. As Father Richard War famously said, you get your point of view, but you only get one point. And he said it's interesting because that three degrees is very much, very, very, very much the left hemisphere of the human brain. It can see things in a, in a deep focus. And it's interesting, and, and I would say this is true because of spiritual evolution. He was saying it's true because of physical evolution. And you could say it was both and, actually. He said, well, the other part of the brain, the right hemisphere of the brain, actually, it's able to start to see in 360 degrees. Not 180, but 360. One of my favorite videos, one of the, one of the, the most famous TED Talks of all time, was this Harvard professor, and if you want to Google it and watch, just make sure you don't start watching to 11.30, folks. But, uh, you know, it was this beautiful video called My Stroke of Insight. Now, My Stroke of Insight is an amazing book. This, this woman is this Harvard scientist, and she has studied the brain, and she starts having a stroke, and she knows that she's stroking out. She knows that this is happening. So she's able to get care. But what happens is she was really specialized. She had down this three degrees in a way that just is unimaginable. And that, because of the stroke, disappeared. And all she was left with for a period of time in her life was seeing everything in 360 degrees. And her book and her TED Talk talk about how life transformative that was to go from this to shifting over to here and learning to think like this. It's powerful to consider, right? Like what happens when we really start to see the world in 360 degrees? What does that new beginning look like? Well, I want to start out by saying, folks, that, that you know, if, if I go, if I'm a woodworker, seeing in three degrees is really important, right? I want to be able to see exactly what I'm doing. And when my dentist is working on my teeth, I only want him seeing in three degrees. <laughs> So it's, it's, there's a good thing to three degrees. We don't want to say that. But, but I think so much of what we're talking about here, folks, is, is really trying to see this in a much broader way. Right? So, so going back to peripheral vision, probably for most of us, there's somebody just slightly outside our immediate view that really needs your help today. Who is it? Who do you think it might be? They're just this little bit out on the edge, right? They're not front and center for you. But there's this conscience. There's this smell test. There's this like, yeah, you know, it just feels like there's something there. Something where I should just reach out and talk to that person. Attach that person. And, here's, and guys, here's, here's where the beauty is, right? So, so we do that, we get clear that there's these people just outside of our peripheral view, and then we can take our three degrees and just focus on them for a few minutes and watch how things change. That 360 degrees also, folks, I think, I think in a very, very um, important way, what it's able to do, it's, it's synthesis, not reductionist. That's fancy words for that it brings everything together. It doesn't reduce it just to a simple lesson. 
and being able to hold life that way is really important. Because part of this, part of this that I think is super significant for all of us is when we really get to understand this new will, when we really get to understand this is what God wants us to do, and we want to practice it, we want to practice it as best we can with smile and joy and laughter, and we start to see things in 360, what we're able to see, and there's a couple parts here that are, that are a little counterintuitive. One is we're able to start to see in paradox. We're able to start to see, okay, so there's this, there's this continuum that wraps around me, I see it from here, they see it from here. It appears to be a paradox, but maybe not. Maybe it's all just part of the same music. Maybe it's just part of something where we can integrate it all together. And folks, with that, with that paradox too, you can see how that readily lends itself to being able to really see how other people see the world really able to see it because people's people's perspectives you know they're so treasured and just imagine just imagine a place a world we could create if people in this 360 degrees really all felt listened to now that doesn't mean to give up your perspective because your point of view has been given to you maybe in a sense by God and hopefully you can check that a little bit, right? Because we don't want to be egomaniacs around that. But you've been given that, you've been given that and you've been given a voice and you've been given a life and God goes like, okay, here's where I need you to take your voice and take your life, your strength, your soul your heart, your mind, to take it and, and to live into that particular perspective. But at the same time, don't do that to the detriment of someone who else who might see it differently. That's where newness really starts to go. Because then I become curious about the paradoxes. I become curious about how these other people see things. I become curious about life. As we're going to close this series, I'll start to live life with these three words. This is a foreshadowing for two weeks from now. Always with wonder. Always with wonder. Now, as we go into our second song here, think about that in your life. Like, how does that look? What does 360 look like? What does even 180 look like? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of how we hold the whole thing, which is that we've got to hold it with a sense of play. Nothing like a blank page to start from scratch. It could be anything, man. There's no catch. It's a good place for a dreamer. A good place for a dreamer to dream. Page. 
like a clean slate. Do things like I meant to. First time you picked up the job. It's a good day for a sinner. A good day for a sinner. So why wait? Sometimes I get caught up where I'm never meant to be. It's the curse of being free. The curse of being free. But baby, it's a good day for the travelers and the sinners. All the So let's take a look, folks, as, as we close things up here about how this newness can look. And I'm going to be reading some of the wonderful things you folks sent in. There were some beautiful chapter titles. I'm sure some great ones on the chat, too. I love the book, Father Joe. It's a book that was written probably about, I don't know, a dozen years ago. It's a beautiful book. And this is a quote from that book. The world worships a certain kind of newness. People are always talking about a new car or a new drink or a new house. But these things are not truly new, are they? And I love this next line. They begin to get old the minute you acquire them. Just an aside, one of the best car salesman techniques I saw was when I was helping our son, this is probably 15 years ago, helping our son buy his first car. And uh, the salesman, he's talking to the salesman. The salesman said, look, son, you're a young guy. What I can tell you is tomorrow 
this will just be a car. And I thought, that's really good. That's really good. Unless, of course, you have a Corvette or something super fun like, super fun like that. New is not in things. New is, is within us. The truly new is something that is new forever, which is you. Mm, so good. So good. Now, there's never anything wrong with new things, right? New things are great, are terrific. And it's important to, to just be aware that there's also got to be an attention to the newness inside of us. And what does that newness inside of us look like? And, and these, these messages, folks, like a lot of these, and with the text messages, I, I just want to honor, I feel like I should honor this over and over again. It's amazing to me the stuff that people say because it's always so well thought out. And it just speaks to that spirit that all of us share. Because I would imagine you will hear yourselves in any number of these different ones. One person will call their chapter the visitor. That is me talking and visiting with other people. Another person wrote, this is a beautiful one. Who am I after this change? Another, next chapter, time to wake up. Another person wrote, I would title my next chapter home because, oh, this is good because I'm learning to be at home in myself and because I'm building physical space where I become more and more the myself I want to be. Another person just said, Fred, time for the bucket list. Beautifully said there. Another person, got some learning to do. A congregant out in Pittsburgh writes, wow. Another person, maybe this time I'll get it right. Another person, an artist for social justice. Another person who's, who's got a wedding coming up in the not-too-distant future says, our walk together. There are many other ones there, folks. And those, those are beautiful because I think they give us a sense of, of this newness that we're searching for. And the beautiful part of the newness is that it's not it's not sort of Pollyannish, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to be new. It, 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 it is embracing. I mean, you, you sort of could hear that. This embracing of the past as well as this embracing of a future and the way life could look. I love that stuff. And all of those, all of those are within your ability to choose. What a blessing. I mean, think about it. God has said, like, you, right, go ahead. Like, I'm giving you the idea about what to, write the chapter. Write the chapter. I'm going to be with you the whole way through it. Just remember, with any story, no story gets good until there's a problem. No, there'll be problems, but that's life too. And just be writing that chapter. And with all of this, folks, have a sense of play. It's, it's not like newness should be some big task. We should be playful. I mean, think of all the newness a little kid experiences. I mean, they get thrilled, for those of you who've had little, little ones, they get thrilled with Tupperware. That can be brandy new. Or a refrigerator cardboard box. That, that idea of play. This came to my mind, I, this, this picture here. A congregant who sometimes watches from out in the Michigan area. A friend, he's a, he's a high school administrator, and this was their first day of, of school, and he was reminding people, here's some things to think about. Be there, make their day, choose your attitude, and say the P word with me. Choose your attitude and play, and play, and play. Now, I asked him if I could use this picture. He said yes, and then he said, this is the background to it. 
they got it from Pike's Place Market in Seattle, where, where they have this famous way of selling fish. Have any of you been out to see Pike's Place Market <laughs> selling fish? It is something else. And I'm just going to show you a little video of how they, how they sell fish. And this video will last all of like 30 seconds, so don't blink. Take a look at this little video of how they sell fish. Yeah, again! Of what happens when people buy stuff. There we go. Is that play? Yes, that's play. That's, that's turning it into play. And, and that's where I think so much newness came from. And it's, it's interesting, this place is very famous because, needless to say, it's really fun to work there as long as you can catch. I love that idea of play, folks. And I'd ask you to play with this for a second. That works because they're not just selling fish. When that principle holds that line up there, holds those words up there, it's because he sees a group of educators and he's saying, you're not just teachers. Just. We use the word just, it's three degrees. I'm just a this, or I'm just a that. Now, there are times where we need reminded we're just human, right? So I don't want to go too far. But, but I think there's something in saying, like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a clerk. I'm just a whatever. I think newness comes where we get that it's more than just that. Instead of just, we say, well, I'm not just. I'm not just a clerk. I'm not just a teacher. I'm not just retired. I'm not just this. I'm not just that. I'm more. I'm made in God's, humbly made, in God's image and likeness. And the glory of God, as Irenaeus famously said, is the person fully alive. That aliveness that bumps out from this, to this, to 360, to the world, to the universe, all those degrees of the neighbor that Emmanuel Swedenborg talked about. So folks, our takeaways we start this newness series is do think about joining us for all three parts. You're a third of the way through. Do think about joining us for a small group because it's a place to actually have these conversations, to have actual, real conversations about these kinds of things and to share all those pieces that we share together. Because this is what we want here. Whether you're going to a church, a synagogue, a mosque, and I'll just use the word church so you could use all those words. It's never just a church. It's never just a Sunday morning. It's not just that. It's a whole lot more. That's where we'll find life. That's where we'll find God. That's where we'll find each other. That's where we'll find our strength, our hope, our love, and a brand new creation. Amen.
What we're going to do now, friends, is now I'm going to offer a little prayer. Then we're going to do the Our Father prayer. And then we're going to close with a little blessing. And then we'll have our final song. And then you are more than welcome to head on out in the lobby. We'd love to meet all of you. And then we're going to head over and have a little hoagie fest over at the New Church Live office. So please join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for those who have joined us in person and online. And help us, Lord, to understand newness in all its forms, that maintenance is perpetual creation, that you say, behold, I make all things new, and allow us to trust that, and more importantly, allow us to live that. Help us, Lord, with all of this, to have that blessed spirit of play, moving our lives out to ever, ever greater circles, seeing those who lie at the periphery, and Lord, responding there. Be with us in the week ahead. In your name we pray, amen. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you home, and bring you peace. Amen. Along with there one day and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand, sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside every darkened door where blues will not haunt you anymore. Where graves are free and lovers soar, come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today, yeah. Road and needs all the hands. 
Thank you so much.